This is a Suno India production and you're listening to the Suno India show. Where do you get your news from? Instagram, Twitter, or WhatsApp? And how much do you trust your news sources? These and more questions were tackled in the Reuters Digital Report 2022, which surveyed 46 countries around the world to find out what is the state of news consumption today. It has several interesting findings. For example, trust in news has decreased globally as people suspect political biases. Young people are especially likely to selectively avoid news because of it being depressing. Can't really blame them, can we? But surprisingly, India is one of the countries where trust in news has increased compared to the previous year. India is also more mobile focused than other countries, with 72% of Indians surveyed accessing news through their mobile phones. Hi, I am Surya Tapa Mukherjee, your host for this episode of the Suno India show. I wanted to take a closer look at the findings especially in an Indian context. India has been falling rapidly on the Global Press Freedom Index over the past years. It currently stands at 150 out of 180 countries. Our news culture is rife with increasing allegations of fake news, political biases and agendas. So I spoke to Anjana Krishnan, who is a research associate at the Asian College of Journalism in Chennai. She was in charge of the research in India for the Reuters report. The digital news report has shown that trust in news is falling globally. what are some of the reasons for trust to fall and what could be the larger repercussions of that for the media ecosystem so uh, one of the things that i would like to make sure is that uh, the report also says that countries with high trust uh, levels you know in news media also seem to have higher interest in news and lower levels of active news reporting and lower trust in uh, in such goes other way right if there is a lower trust in news uh, those countries also show a declining interest in news and perhaps higher levels of news avoidance uh, uh, at the same time uh, we are talking about trust in news falling globally uh, uh, also one must remember that the report that came out last year registered um, uh, an increase in trust across several markets and this was largely um, you know tied to the pandemic the reason being that because it was a pandemic and people were looking for more reliable information uh, they were trusting news sources more which were, which was in some sense giving them that information uh, so perhaps the pandemic may be one of the reasons uh, because it is uh, declining in several parts of the world uh, and the news report looks at several markets so perhaps the decline in trust in several markets could be also because of the, de- the declining effects of the pandemic right so that could be one of the reasons why uh, perhaps trust levels are going back to what they were they they're not going back to 
extremely low levels, but uh, they have definitely fallen down from last year. So, uh, so the point that I was earlier trying to make in terms of trust and its relation to declining interest in news or active news avoidance uh, can also, uh, uh, those are certain important things that we need to perhaps do in detail. Uh, for instance, the report uh, uh, also says from its past research and also from the data that they have gotten over the years, uh, they uh, pointed to contributing factors, which could be the reasons for new trust. Uh, one being indifference to news and its value and uh, biases in the media, which could be uh, because of political biases, business uh, interests, and so on. Another point that we need to keep in mind uh, when we are talking about reasons for trust uh, to fall uh, particularly and what can, what can the repercussions be for the media ecosystem uh, would be that one we'll have now because if, if the news consumer is having lower levels of trust in news media, how does the news media then go about making themselves relevant to their consumers? Uh, and uh, more importantly, uh, if consumers are consuming news through distributed platforms, uh, rather than just going to traditional forms of uh, news, uh, what does this mean in terms of placing trust in the news that they consume? So the report talks about the selective avoidance of news as well. Uh, can you explain this further and why this is happening? Okay, so essentially I think uh, the report is talking about selective news avoidance uh, in terms of uh, limiting or rationing uh, the kind of news that consumers are uh, you know, taking in. Um, so uh, so, for, uh, so it, it doesn't mean that the consumer is not consuming news at all, but they are avoiding news in certain instances. And uh, there are certain reasons that have been given in the report uh, as to what could be the reasons for the selected news avoidance. Uh, a, a, a significant number of them, 43% say that there is a repetitiveness of news agenda, which is uh, which talks about politics and COVID and so on. 29% uh, say they are worn out by the news that they are reading or hearing on a daily basis. 29% um, um, say news cannot be trusted. Again, trust has uh, some uh, connection with news avoidance. 36% uh, uh, seem to say that news brings down their mood. And 17% say that it leads to argument that they would rather avoid. And uh, around 16% are saying that it causes a sense of powerlessness. Of the 46 countries surveyed, India is one of seven countries that are in the minority where trust in news has actually increased. But Anjana says this is only a marginal increase. In the 2021 report, trust in news in India was at 38%. It increased by 3% to 41 this year. What are the preferred modes of news consumption? Have you seen any patterns emerge here and do they vary by region? We do not, uh, uh, we don't have patterns uh, according to regions, uh, but what the global, uh, what the India uh, part of the report does say is that um, close to 84% of our respondents access or source news from online uh, sources, right? of which um, a considerable number of them, uh, which is 63%, uh, source their news from social media. So, uh, and 72% use smartphones as devices uh, for news. So uh, going by this, I think 
while, while quoting these figures, I think we have to also be constantly conscious of the fact that uh, the survey findings for India um, can mainly be of English-speaking online news users, which are but a small subset of the larger diverse media ecosystem and market. Uh, and uh, so these findings cannot be uh, 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 taken to be nationally representative uh, because uh, this was a, this was an online survey and the respondents tend to be more uh, generally more affluent, younger, with uh, better levels of formal education and urban base, right? Compared to the larger wider Indian population. Uh, so going that in mind, uh, keeping that in mind, uh, one could say that with these findings, we seem to be largely a smartphone-driven, highly smartphone-focused market where much of the news consumption is happening from online sources, of which social media is a significant source. Uh, because if you see, 53% uh, um, uh, of the respondents say that they go to YouTube for news, whereas 51% of the respondents say um, they get their news from WhatsApp uh, and 43% from Facebook. So that in some sense indicates that online and social media uh, seem to be uh, you know, a preferred uh, preferred sources of news uh, for our survey respondents. With the advent of cheap, accessible smartphones and internet connection, not only are more Indians able to consume news, but they are also producing it. It has become very easy to shoot a video and share it with others. At the same time, since 2014, mainstream media's coverage of the government has changed. We have a prime minister who doesn't engage in press conferences, but instead on a radio show. And we have ministers boycotting news channels that cover the ruling party unfavorably. According to an India Forum article linked in the description, this led to a rise in self-censorship in newsrooms and journalists speaking favorably about the government. In reaction to this, a lot of independent digital media platforms have sprung up over the years who aggressively fact-check legacy media organizations. Hence, there is no monolith when it comes to the Indian news media today. Um, quoting from the report, print and broadcast television channels are self-regulated in India, with several television channels infamous for sensationalizing news and conducting polarized debates. Uh, end quote. Do you think alternatives to self-regulation would help with this issue or self-regulation is not the problem according to you? The, uh, the point that I have made about self-regulation over here is essentially to um, make it clear or contextualize how the Indian media works, um, what is the conditions under which it works. Uh, I think self-regulation would be the ideal uh, way if we, uh, if we are talking about news media in India which should in, in its own way represent the balance of voices and take into consideration the diversity that is very crucial of the Indian media. So that would be my answer to this. Although the news media is self-regulated, there are also reasons for the media to self-censor. A study behind the bars, arrest and detention of journalists in India found that 154 journalists were arrested, detained or interrogated 
between 2010 and 2020 in India, and 40% of these cases were reported in 2020 alone. Latest in a number of arrests of journalists is the case of Mohammed Zubair, co-founder of Alt News, a digital fact-checking news platform. In 2021, the centre introduced new IT rules to have greater oversight on online media citing misinformation and fake news. This was not just meant for digital news platforms, but also social media and messaging platforms. Currently, there are pending petitions against the rules in the Supreme Court. Social media giants like Twitter and WhatsApp have gone to court against the rules as well. You have said that digital news platforms are giving a tough competition to legacy media. How do you see this competition in terms of fake news? Because many digital news media platforms focus on fact-checking news put out by legacy media. I'd like to contextualize a little bit in terms of what I was saying when I say digital news platforms are giving uh, competition to legacy media. Uh, I was... uh, uh, essentially making this point uh, in the context of the uh, you know uh, business side of things because uh, you will find that many digital news platforms are trying out very innovative business models which uh, which is quite different from what traditional media in India is usually used to which is advertising relying on advertisements right uh, so you also find that digital media also has the flexibility uh, to um, uh, not just to experiment with the business side of things, but also in terms of the content that they put out, right? They take a strong editorial positions in some cases. They they cater to a very specific audience with uh, focusing on specific issues and so on. So, um, so that was the point that I was trying to make in terms of how digital news platforms uh, functionally serve the legacy media. Uh, in terms of, uh, you know, um, fake news and um, I, I think I'm going to get give a more generic answer. Uh, I, I think I would, instead of using the term fake news, I would probably use the term misinformation for me because uh, that seems to um, uh, explain the situation much better. Uh, I think in terms of uh, looking at misinformation in media, be it legacy media or uh, in terms of digital media and uh, uh, talking about fact-checking, news right uh, i think fact checking is something that is very essential to journalism in itself uh, and at different levels uh, both legacy media and all forms of media practice it in uh, different levels uh, for instance if i were to give the example of legacy media uh, you'll often find that um, um, uh, there are corrections or clarifications column in legacy media print media for instance um, uh, uh, for any errors that might have left in the quoting from the previous day's paper. Uh, now, misinformation, again, this is quite important to understand. Misinformation can also have different gradients to it. Uh, it can be something as simple as misquoting a fact or misrepresenting a fact uh, to uh, something that can be uh, pushed with some certain kinds of agenda, right? Uh, which can be completely complete falsehoods that can be put out there. Uh, and I think... Uh, uh, so the legacy media has its own correction mechanisms, be it in terms of, you know, having, say, uh, a corrections column or uh, a section that they clarify or correct mistakes down in the past or, uh, or through the, you know, the inst- institution of a news ombudsman where uh, a reader's editor is answerable to the readers and access that balancing uh, uh, 
person who's the balance between the consumer and the producer. Uh, that said, uh, I think given that today even legacy platforms are looking to expand on the on the digital side. Uh, it has also become, uh, uh, you also find increasingly that legacy platforms are also taking the initiative to debunk uh, misinformation, um, which is viral, particularly on social media. So uh, you find, uh, you know, some legacy platforms coming up with special problems, which fact check certain pieces of news and so on. And then, of course, on digital platforms, you do have uh, very dedicated uh, new uh, very dedicated fact-checking portals, which may be working on this on these issues. India is a highly mobile-focused market when it comes to news. 72% of Indians surveyed access news with their mobile phones. Does this mean that digital news organizations are reaching more people than legacy media? Anjana says not necessarily. This data includes both digital media and legacy media who have an online presence. Print and TV news organizations have branched out to the internet and are equally accessible online. Social media has made it you know, easier to spread misinformation. We have the government going after social media channels for this reason. But at the same time, you report says that misinformation is sometimes coordinated by major political parties as well. Uh, can you elaborate on your research in this? The point that I was trying to make is that uh, the popularity of social media in such a situation where uh, a significant uh, percentage of the respondents are sourcing news from uh, social media, which at the same time can also um, uh, have information, uh, uh, is also uh, uh, a place where there is a lot of misinformation, apart from uh, that being, uh, you know, trolling and, uh, and abuse, right? Uh, this is a cause of concern. And uh, I was trying to contextualize this uh, from the findings of the report. And uh, uh, I also say that independent reporting such as such behavior is sometimes coordinated by actors close to the major political parties, at least that's the report. When we are talking about misinformation on social media, uh, we have to be aware that misinformation uh, exists from, uh, uh, from across political persuasions, right? Far right, extreme right, far left, center. Please rate our podcast and leave a comment if you like it. Underreported and underrepresented stories can become mainstream only if it reaches more people. So please support us by visiting our contributing page on our website sunoindia.in or follow us on Facebook, Twitter or Instagram.